This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach, and for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooker. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Too Spooko Didn't Watch... I'm Emily, and I am too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Sammy, and I love watching scary movies, and so I watch them and tell Emily about it. I'm Peach, and I'm much too scared to watch scary movies. They make me feel bad. I'm Shag, and I've been telling Peach about scary movies for a little while now on this podcast, to the point where I'm currently being haunted. (gasps) That is not good. We had a crossover episode, and it's sort of an unfortunate crossover event that's happened to Shag, that he's been speaking about ghosts for so long that finally, um, host, open parentheses, 2020 style, he mocked the ghosts, and then the ghosts came into his life. So it's disappointing stuff for him. He is in a dark, spooky room right now, too. That doesn't help. It's so dumb, right? Because obviously, like, this is the podcast we do. It's about scaring people. It's about blurring the lines, all of that stuff. But- can I tell you what actually happened and why I think I'm legitimately being haunted? Yeah, I think I demand it. <laughs> so, 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 so. I live in a house with an attic. Uh oh. And why? Oh la la. I know, right? Well, no, it's actually really, it's really handy. There's so much storage. You can fit true, so true, much true. stuff in your. It's great. You just like it's like we have nothing in our house because everything's in the attic. It's a giant magician's trick. Okay, you sold me. <laughs> I need gotta get myself an attic. <laughs> I'm I'm on board. That you're an attic skeptic. I I feel like I've only heard bad things about attics. Yeah, be suspicious. (laughs) (laughs) So Halloween in Australia, when when Peach and I were growing up, wasn't really a thing, but Mm. slowly become more and more commonplace. Mm. And because I've got a kid now, and for kids, it's like all kids celebrate Halloween. It's like okay, well. We have to have Halloween decorations and things ready to go. So Mm -hmm. in the same way that we have like our Christmas decorations in the attic, we also have Halloween decorations in the attic. Anyway, a couple of months ago, and this is true. I documented this in in a story. So I have video footage of this. I woke up like really late, like maybe it was like three or four in the morning. So really late at night, early in the morning. I I woke up at at a time when I should be asleep. (laughs) To this, like, music. No. I wasn't, like, I, I wasn't sure what it was at first. I thought, you know, maybe, like, we, there's a share house that lives next door or maybe we'd left something on or, you know, things happened, right? But it was this kind of, like, creepy music that was, like, <laughs> do, 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 Yeah, do. yeah, lullaby. Yeah. Like a music box. <laughs> but but with a every now and then a oh 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 oh, oh mm, okay okay this is sounding Halloween decoration yep right mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so so as I'm as I'm as I'm like just coming to and trying to work out what is going on I'm like I think that's like like a skeleton we had from Halloween yeah yeah and like I, I think it's our Halloween decoration so I I get up and I 
go to like the sort of where the hole in the what are the I don't know what they call the hole in the roof that leads to the attic, but I go to the hole in the roof. Mm-hmm. A portal. Let's call it a portal for the moment. Yeah, okay. it's a portal. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. That, so I go to the portal and <laughs> I pull. I open it and pull the the ladder down, and it's really loud. And I'm like, okay, hang on. And I go up the stairs and I look through everything and I find the Halloween box, right? And it's just completely closed and it's out of the way. It's not near anything that we would touch. It's not near anything. And as I'm taking out things, I'm taking out wrapping paper and I'm taking out like old bats and I'm taking out that crappy old spiderweb that doesn't look like spiderweb. I'm seeing more and more like this like glowing light. And as I get to the bottom, I notice that this old skeleton we have that makes this spooky sound that goes, oh, ho, 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 has just turned itself on. Mm. Now, What's weird about this, it's not like a push button, it's like a slide button. Right. Which is not something you can just like turn on. It's not something that like... It didn't get like knocked against something and push it on, yeah. But even if it did just get knocked, like still that's scary. What's knocking it? What's knocking it? Exactly. So it turns itself on and so I go up and I turn it off and I'm like, that's fucking weird. That's really scary. But then after that, a couple of months later... We go back up into the attic and we notice the light's on. And I'm like, we always turn the light off. And it's like, even with Adele, I'm always like. We're a lights off family. Like yeah, we yeah, are. Yeah. But, but, like, <laughs> but it's like, you can't, you kind of can't leave the thing without turning it off. You can't, you can't just leave. Like, it, it's like, it's completely bright or it's completely black. You can't leave the attic without turning it off. Uh, and so two separate occasions afterwards in the months that's followed, the light has just been inexplicably on, even though we, like, recorded ourselves turning the light off. Shag, as we've learned... Now, well, before you before you go, like, I, mm. I, I need to implore, this is not a bit. Like, there's probably a 99% chance we're not being haunted, but it really feels like we're being haunted right now. Yeah, it's not 100. Not 100%. Not you want happening. it to be 100%. <laughs> and if it's not, we don't like that. Ghost, ghost, ghost stories aren't about the past, though, as we previously learned. They're about the present. They're about the things that we carry with us, the guilt and the mm. regret and the fear we carry with us. So, Shag, this is really a story of introspection. I it's feel. a metaphor. And I was just like, oh, yeah. I, I'm- <laughs> <laughs> it's really about dementia, Shag. It's like, it's like- <laughs> yeah, Shag, are we in therapy? I think it's <laughs> time for therapy. <laughs> Talk about our feelings. Oh, I'm down. Speaking of, what's going on with you guys? Yeah. Yeah, for any for any listeners who uh, don't know what's happening right now, <laughs> like why these two things That's a are great, coming, yeah, coming great together. Mm. Uh, Spooko and Too Scary Didn't Watch are kind of, you know, s- similar podcasts. And this is what, like our fourth time doing an episode together? You guys are horrorspondents, as we would say. Yes. And... We've been doing it about the same amount of time. I saw you guys are getting close to your 200th episode, right? Yeah, yeah. 200's around the corner. And I'm always down to credit Joel for the line of Horrespondent, which I think is just yeah, a complete that was treat. So, that was Joel. Credit to Joel. Um, we're, like, if we're sibling podcasts, sibling scaredy cat podcasts, uh, a lot of people have favorite siblings or favorite children. Um I don't among the golden children, but uh, look, it's not really a comparison that Spooko really wants to raise because Too Scary Didn't Watch is right up there among my very favourite pods. So we love you guys so much and we're always delighted to be here. My Too Scary Didn't Watch or Too Spooko Didn't Watch update is um, 
I sort of have a second career. I'm not just a scaredy cat uh, horror film podcaster. I, I practice law. On the side. On the side, on the side. <laughs> yeah. just, I do a little bit of law from time to time. Yeah, yeah. And, and I like to wear a tie. And since we last spoke, I've evolved from uh, legal, uh, as Shags described it, legal TikTok influencer to uh, essentially Thai uh, advocate. Ooh. And the best ties I've got on my tie rack are M. Gonzalez joints. <gasps> I get asked about them all oh, the time. Oh, my God. Gotten to make some ties. And, M, it's a great gift you've given, one, a podcast, and two, a tie collection. And we're going to have to exchange some DMs and uh, make sure we keep the I keep the tie praise rolling. I'm like, no, oh, friend made them for me. So, mm, the like, farthest- what do you want? So far, this my ties have uh, anything I've made has traveled. So it's a real honor. Magic. They're all the way across the world. It's a real treat. It's a real treat. When you said started the story with tie wearing, I was like, he strangled himself with a tie accident. <laughs> 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 my mind was in a dark oh, place. Oh, I know where this is haunting. <laughs> He's like, well, he had a new death experience with a tie. <laughs> Yeah. So thank God. Yeah, I could, they could have gone way worse. <laughs> <laughs> that story could have gone way worse. I I need an update from you because I'm only seconds into your Silent Hill episode. I'm just on the edge of a smoothie update. I understand you're living that smoothie lifestyle. Living the smoothie lifestyle. But if I could just press you for an immediate in the flesh or in the Zoom flesh update, how did the Haley Bieber smoothie? Haley Bieber smoothie was very good. It was a very good smoothie, um, especially now that I. So today I got a smoothie as well. Um, I was yeah, I was mentioning before we, before we started the record here that I'm I'm on a smoothie kick. Uh, getting that Haley Bieber smoothie yes. really like opened the door for me of smoothies as an option. It's it was my gateway smoothie, smoothie and yeah. there's a smoothie place which I have talked about that I really really love. And I so I was comparing the Haley Bieber smoothie against those smoothies. That place is called Punch Bowl. It's great. I kind of like punch bowl a little bit more, a little less sweet, a little more bang for your buck. Um, but I was like, okay, I, I was nearby another smoothie place today. It's sort of all health foods, but they have smoothies. And I was like, I told Joel I was going to pick us up smoothies from there so we could really start comparing and cataloging our smoothie preferences. And I did not like the mm. smoothie. It was not, I didn't even finish it. I didn't even oh. finish the smoothie and the flavors were good but it was it was like it was so chewy and thick and like not a smoothie it just was like not it it the the texture was so unpleasant i was really disappointed about like melted soft serve ice yeah, cream but or like something. but with gonna, the the but mm. it, but it, the chunky in like they like okay so I I should have known the smoothie is listed as having granola in it but oh it's God. like I'm what? thinking okay but I'm thinking if you're like a place that does that in your smoothies you must know what you're doing you must you must <laughs> right. blend it in a way that you're like well, I know it sounds crazy but we do it, it it's on our menu it's you know? literally called a smoothie like it's literally called <laughs> it's in the name it's in the it's name, in the name. <laughs> It's, I just, I'm, I, I know, so it's like, yes, sure, sh- shame on me, I should have, but I'm also like, you <laughs> told me that you could do this, but you can't. Mm. <laughs> so that was a disappointing oh. smoothie, but I, I, you know, I won't be stopped. Smoothie summer continues and I will, I will continue to find great smoothies and I'm pretty excited about it. We take great inspiration 
great inspiration from it, Em, and, and, and we're eternally grateful. My pleasure. Uh, and, and, and then one final bit of admin um, that we're kind of, you know, that, that I think is echoing through us as a kind of scaredy cat podcast. Um, Shag and I and members of the Feel Bad Club, which is what, what we tend to call people who are paying attention to Spooko episodes, mm-hmm. we've got a sort of dichotomy going. And, and my fundamental question I think I'm getting to with this podcast, it's only taken four years, is – uh, feeling bad feels bad, mm. and I'd probably prefer to feel. Good. I disagree. And I was no. just wondering. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, and so, tell us about it. Sammy loves to feel bad. <laughs> feeling bad feels good. It's what I'm looking for in a horror movie or a drama, or it's why I don't really watch a lot of comedy movies or romantic films because feeling good is boring, and I like to feel bad. <laughs> That's it. Feeling good's that's boring. It. Feeling bad is good. That's Shag, it. That's it. I mean, I, I realize the closest experience that i can think of for feeling bad feels good is cringe comedy mm. oh sure and i can't like i can't watch cringe comedy i'm the i'm the person who has his the hands over my ears eyes closed saying la 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 yeah because yeah. I, I i can't delve into that but i know people love that and i think it's probably a similar experience for people who love to feel bad due to disturbing and horrific content yeah, that's interesting. Like a Nathan for you thing is what I'm. my brain is going to. And I used to really struggle with Nathan for you and now I like it. And I wonder if that is because of how much I've watched horror and gotten used to feeling bad and uncomfortable. That's interesting. I had not. I had not thought of that. Have you guys done cre- Creep? No, I don't think I've ever seen Creep. Creep is a combination of both. I think uh, we described it as a Nathan for you horror movie where cringe it's comedy horror. Crin- yeah. Cringe oh, comedy God. horror. <laughs> oh, God. Highly recommend mm. just to test That's this theory. Loved I loved it. It's a feel bad club for sure. But feeling good feels really good. I think so too. I guess is my counterpoint. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Yeah, I like to feel good. <laughs> I do. I think both feel good. I think feeling good can feel good. That's true. That's true. It's not that feeling feel good doesn't feel good. It's just that feeling bad also feels good. Yeah, you can have, yeah, whatever is it, porque no los dos or whatever. Exactly. You can do both. Yeah, and maybe that just means that you guys feel good way more often than Mm. me and Peach Mm. feel good because, like, feeling bad also feels good. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) maybe you've achieved some sort of like personal uh, zen that I have, you know, we have yet to get to. Well, this is very much Hellraiser, like how it's kind of like, oh, we think stuff that feels good, you're gonna have to suffer through stuff we think, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's going to be punishment yeah, we love for you this. to feel the things <laughs> we think are good. Yeah. This is perfect for us. Well, and I am to understand that this is going to be quite a feel-bad uh, movie, I believe. That's right. All right. Well, look, this this is two Spooko didn't watch. We have two M's slash two Peaches and two Sammy's slash two Shags uh-huh. to discuss a film. Henley, Henley's here as well, but I think <laughs> she's got just a, quietly, she's a so she's also quietly watching Don't and worry, listening. She's here too. So basically we, we wanted to uh, get back together today because I think this film combines two things that we love at Spooko, which is A24, but also yep. shouting out Australian content. Yep. And I think this is the first ever Australian A24, not only A24 horror film, I think this might be the first A24 Australian film. Yeah. Sammy, do you know much about this? Do you know much about uh, where this film came from? 
I don't know if it's the only A24 Australian film, but I know that uh, the directors... Wait, have we said what it is? This film is called oh, Talk yeah. Talk to Me. <laughs> we should mention. Should it's mention. Uh, <laughs> in theaters right now. And it's directed by Danny and Michael Filippo. And so all I know about it is that this is their debut feature and they were... Um, YouTubers, their channel is called Raka Raka. Are you guys familiar with that? I mean, not not really. I, I think it ran between 2014 and 2016. That's which is a weird time to be on YouTube, really. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Um, I I was not familiar with them either, but um, they basically have been making YouTube videos for like ever. So they're they're really talented when it comes to you know, low budget stuff and keeping thing, having things keep your attention. And that's kind of the medium that they have perfected and handling a lot of things themselves like VFX and music. And I think it helped like made them great directors because they've based, they've basically done everything on a smaller scale before. Anyways, uh, they, had this script for Talk to Me and they pitched it to a bunch of American production companies, but everybody said no except for one company that said yes and offered them a lot of money, but said, we want to make it set in America with American act- actors, get some names in it, and they wanted to change some stuff to be a little more generic. And the Filippo brothers said it was incredibly difficult, but they said no, wow. which is... Really impressive. really impressive. They stuck true to their vision. And so it was financed um, by Screen Australia and various like Australian production companies and independent financing. And so they wanted to stay true to their vision. And then it premiered at Sundance where A24 bought it. And so nice. this is the movie that they wanted to make, which I think is really cool. And I'm just very glad they... They stuck to their guns about that. There's a few really interesting things about this film as well, which I'm really happy to be one of two Australian horror respondents for you guys. Because this, yeah, it's shot in Australia, but it's shot in a city called Adelaide. Have you guys heard of Adelaide before? Yeah, you guys remember my my it's go-to the Australian biggest, phrase is the Sammy's phrase. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. <laughs> biggest bib. Well, like, what was it called? Biggest, biggest baby, Burberry baby, baby shower. Biggest, biggest Burberry <laughs> baby shower in all of Adelaide. <laughs> 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 that's my go-to phrase. That's from Yummy Mummies. Check it out on Netflix. <laughs> A twenty four. Yeah, yeah. So, so Adelaide. I don't know if you if there's an equivalent in either California or America, but Adelaide's essentially a city that's like a punchline. Yeah, it's sort of like Phoenix. Phoenix energy. energy. I reckon of a kind of like a very second Mm. tier, slightly weird climate, like sort of no character. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of. So there's my that's my Australian correspondence. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but, but it is. But, but it's like a joke, right? So it's it's kind of like it's it's a city that's not really taken seriously. If people want to, yeah. people want to make a joke about a bad city, it's like, oh, don't go to Adelaide, sort of thing, right? Like it has. Yep. It it has that bad cultural rap. We're a national law firm, right? But. We don't have offices in Adelaide, and that's kind of the like. <laughs> <laughs> got <laughs> the it. Got it. Good. So it's it's really interesting 
how not only did they stick to their guns, they were like, no, this has to be from Adelaide. We have a friend with a daughter named Adelaide and I'm just, they're going to be devastated. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah, look, look, you just wouldn't know. So it's so it's like, she's named after a joke city. <laughs> People are going to take you seriously in Australia. <laughs> and it's that, it's that really cool thing where it's like, they not only did they, were they like, we're repping Australia, we're repping Adelaide, yeah. which is, which is a thing, right? And, and I think there's a moment in this film where they very conspicuously like hero Adelaide culture, which obviously we'll get to during the recap. Which what I th- is Adelaide culture? Like a nice cricket ground, <laughs> some like good wineries. It's known as the city of churches. That's like oh, the that's the thing. Hmm. Adelaide is the city of churches. Interesting. Okay. Got it. Okay. Reasonable rap scene like twenty years ago. Prime and purpose are from the Ashak. Okay. But yeah, but yeah. That's about it. Um, so I, I also think as well, you know, you mentioned before they started making like horror comedy films on Racka Racka, which was their sort of YouTube channel. And yeah. I think beyond just being able to like work with like small scripts and like like have like a really like intimate understanding of filmmaking, I think YouTube in the like the noughties and YouTube in the last 10 years has sort of been where like Gen Z grew up. <laughs> Like, and, you know, even the generation beforehand, you know, they didn't watch TV. They were watching YouTube. They were on social, right? So I think there's a, there's an understanding of young people in this film that Mm. I don't think I've seen in horror films. Like, I I think horror film teenagers have been the same since like Scream. And I think this film changes that completely. I don't know. What do you reckon? Yeah, no, I agree. And... I'm curious what your like initial this movie this I so I saw it twice. Oh wow! Um, okay, I saw it twice within 24 hours because and this is something that I feel like I do when something really affects me. I'm like I immediately need to see it again to kind of continue to process it. I think is what it is, and so Whoa. I was so um I I mean maybe we should talk about it more at the end, but. It, it, one way that I've been describing it is that we did a movie, uh, we did the 2013 Evil Dead once, and that was um, a movie that filled me with adrenaline in such a way that I felt like I was just getting off in a really fun roller coaster. I was like dancing around the house, like this is amazing. This movie filled filled me with adrenaline in a way that felt like I had just survived like a horrible car accident. <laughs> like I was Oh my god. Like I would I couldn't sleep after I and it wasn't cuz I was scared. I wasn't scared by this movie necessarily, but I was just so tense and stressed the whole time that my body was like in a kind of survival mode afterwards that I really didn't anticipate. But and then seeing seeing it the second time and knowing what was going to happen, I had a, a different experience and I liked it. I enjoyed it both times, but I just had a, like a pretty significant physical reaction the first time that caught me off guard. And I'm uh, I, I feel I feel recovered now, but it took me a couple of days. Stressed and tense are such bad feelings, Sammy. <laughs> that like I guess like this sort of goes back to my central thesis. But I'm sure there's a nice romantic comedy out there that we could all watch, or we could just rewatch. You the know what? Spider-Man. I watched. I watched Pride and Prejudice afterwards. That's <laughs> that's where this movie took me to because, and I would I have been putting it off for so long because of exactly that. It's the not the kind of movie I'm usually after, and I just needed it. And I needed it. you loved it. I loved it. It was great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
feeling which good feels part of good. Prejudice? Are we in, are we in Kira Knightley or are what, we Kira in Knightley, Matthew Kira Fadden. Fadden. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. I still can't believe Matthew McFadden. Like I've only, I've never seen it. I've only seen Succession. I can't imagine him as a heartthrob. I'm telling you, it's shocking, but it fucking it works. works. It works. It, it really does. Works. I it, I wouldn't have believed it. Now, two quick things before we go to the trailer. I am so keen to hear, but I guess maybe we'll hear this at the end, whether this film actually made you, like, left you feeling bad. Because as Peach has mentioned before, like, we, we fi- after almost 200 episodes, we finally worked out why the fuck we do this podcast, which is <laughs> I personally believe that horror films are great and you know by the reason they're great is they make you feel bad and the best ones make you feel extra bad at the very end (laughs) so i'm very keen to hear how particularly the end made you feel so when we get to that sammy i'd love to hear your not not just the whole film but that very specific ending okay but the other Mm. thing we do on spook go is hilariously we usually i don't know i don't even know why we do this because it's in the episode title but we usually wait till like just before the trailer to reveal the name of the film. So can uh, we just, c- can we just, yep. I'm just going to be like, and the film is, and I'd love yep. reactions as if I was just like dropping this. Okay. But Shag, how are you, like we've already found out what the title is. No, so no, t- is today, 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 Peach, M, Sammy, we are going to be recapping an Australian 2022 slash 2023, depending on where you are in the world, a horror film called... Talk to me. Ooh. Well, you should see Henley's uh, face responding to that. <laughs> Henley is freaking out right <laughs> now. Henley out. is losing her mind. <laughs> Have you seen the group chat? They're doing it again tonight. No. Please. It's my mum's remembrance day. I just want to forget about it. Cannot go for more than 90 seconds. Am I clear? What happens after 90 seconds? Don't want to stay. Light the candle to open the door. Blow it out to close it. Put your hand on it. Now say, talk to me. Talk to me. What did the hand feel like? It felt amazing. I could see and feel everything on the other side. So my mom, she was trying to reach out. I'm here. Still been saying stuff. You've been saying stuff. What if we opened the door, but we didn't shut it? Oh my God, they followed us. I like you. They're not gonna stop. No, never gonna stop. They like you. 
but I'm in like, let's go mode. I'm like, yeah, okay, let's get it. I've never seen flatliners uh, and this gives me big flatliners energy. Yeah, yeah I like, I think that's- let's fucking go. All right. Yep. Yeah, I'm very excited to hear what happens in this movie. I truly, this morning, Joel was like, maybe going to go see a movie. And I, at 10 a.m., I was like, okay, if you're going to the movies, you have to go see Talk to Me because I'm, I know I'm going to need to talk to you about it. <laughs> so he went and saw it at 10 o'clock this morning just so that I could have somebody to talk to you about uh, this movie with tonight. So I'm ready. Perfect start. Yeah, I don't to the day. think he enjoyed starting his day that way, but um, it's, you know, for the, for the good of the pod, so. That's good um, friendship homework as well, Emma. Like, t- guess what movie you're seeing today, Joel? It's like, yeah. Oh, cool, cool. <laughs> like, watching that trailer, uh, you know, and I've, I've recently seen this film, and I love this film, and I'm, you know, no stranger to horror films, but I think after you mentioned that thing, like, my heart was racing watching that trailer, even knowing everything that happens in the film. It's a very good trailer. It's so good at... Mm. at just creating dread and tension and it's like nonstop. It's really, you know, keeping to that 90 minutes. So it's like nice and it's like fast paced, doesn't really let up. It starts with a crazy opening. So you know, we'll get to that in a second, but um, a small thing I just want to shout out is that a 24 logo rules. They always do Ooh. like a little, it's the- <laughs> yeah. Ooh, it's, I jumped. I like it. That was a jump scare to yeah. me when that hand moved. I will say not very many jump scares in this movie. There's, no. Uh, maybe none i remember like one part of being like huh but it it's not it's there's no jump scares for the sake of like you you know just like tricking you i feel like they're can all can i er- press m m on jump scares for a sec like mm. as we as we work through our scaredy cat journey i've come to realize jump scares are probably the cheapest part of a horror film of yeah. it's like oh yeah okay you can be loud and surprising and so i'm coming to you know appreciate the 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 craft that has to go behind creating a horrific experience without going kaboom, kablow, here's a big loud sound. Yep. I don't know. And yeah. the jump scares still get you or do you kind of see past those? They now? still get me. Yeah, they does. still get me. me too. But um but I yeah, no, I agree with you. I think honestly the best scare is a is a we've talked about it before, a jump scare that is not built up to that like uh, like a, a really effective jump scare. Which what movie am I thinking of, Sammy? Where like all of a sudden, it, like something is just like at you in a way that you were not anticipating. It's the two biggest jump scares that have gotten me so good were in The Haunting of Hill House, which is a TV show, not a movie. But there is one jump scare in there that if you've seen it, you'll know which one I'm talking about. And then I think mm. you might be thinking of The Night House, where it's. I think I am. I was picturing uh, uh, Rebecca Hall whenever I, yep. whatever I was. There's yeah, a moment where it goes from so quiet to so loud, but in a way that is, it's it's just done differently than something like uh, The Nun, which is just like, none of this movie is good. So we're just going to have a bunch of jump scares to like keep you Dark on Dark corners. And yeah. Yeah. Type that of thing. I think is, yeah, not worth it. But right. I think, and another thing, like when you look at that trailer as well, not only does the film not really have jump scares, it also doesn't have that typical horror music usually. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, mostly this film sounds like Australian drill music. There's, I, <laughs> I counted at least two 1-4 tracks. And, nice. it, and it's funny you mentioned a smoothie place called Punchbowl. Punchbowl's also like a Western Sydney suburb where like the West of Sydney is where a lot of like contemporary Australian like... Street culture, and, yeah. Yeah, street and like rap music comes from. And... 
It's just funny how it all, it all connects because you notice, especially in a couple of party scenes, a lot of Australian teen movies will use American music in their party scenes, but they mm. very intentionally all the way through have used Australian music, which again, just like reinforces this coolness of these guys cool. that were like, we want to make <laughs> our vision and we want to represent, you know, Adelaide and Australian culture the whole way through. Yeah. That's so cool. They did it. Oh my gosh! Okay, well, I want to just tell us what happens. Okay, so speak, I speaking of, so 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 so, Sammy, how about I'll start? I'll set the scene. We begin at a suburban Australian house party, and when I say suburban, I mean think about a street where, like, there aren't really fences on the. There's just front lawns that then eventually go onto the road. There aren't enough street lights to cover every house, so. The, yes. the, like the street feels kind of dark and the real illumination is coming from inside the house. So we're following this character walking into a, into a house party where like the street's dark, everything's a bit dark, but there's like heaps of people. We're hearing like Australian, I, I couldn't work out who the artist was, but it was sort of like, like Australian sort of SoundCloud rap as he's walking into this house. Um, it feels really claustrophobic. It feels really like dark and oppressive. And this man, uh, his name is Cole, and in a single shot, we realize he's frantically searching through the outside and then eventually into the inside of this house party looking for his brother named Duckett. Yeah, and so someone in, at the party says, Cole, your like, go get your brother. He's out of control or something. Like, Go grab him, and he tracks him down. Sorry, to- Sammy, was that an Australian accent that was going to start off there? Because that's very, very welcome. The call, like you were just about to do call your brother in an Australian accent. It wasn't. Did very, it sound like it was? Did I do oh, an I thought, un- like, I un- we were unintentional? I just about to get Sammy, Sammy breaking into <laughs> yummy mummy's energy. Sorry, sorry. No, no. But, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll sprinkle it in every, every once in a while. Uh, <laughs> but he tracks him down to this room where the door is locked and his friend is saying you know he's in there and he starts breaking down this door and the guy whose house it is is like my mom's gonna be so mad these are all like high schoolers basically and he's breaking down the door and the intensity with which he's breaking down the door lets us know something is really wrong and so already i was like so Mm. stressed what we're gonna find in this room because he's like pretty panicked like he needs to get his brother he breaks down the door and we see his brother shirtless with cuts on his back, hunched over, kind of mumbling to himself. And he says, uh, um, Cole comes up to him, puts a jacket over him and is trying to get him up. Like, we got to take him home. And he says to Cole, uh, mom said you're going to hurt a lot of people. And Cole says, mom's dead, Duckett. And is like rubbing his back. He says, mom's dead. And Duckett looks at Cole and says, you're not him. You're not him. Oh, shit. I tried to do <laughs> It didn't work. You're not him. Um, yes. And there, there it is. Found it. And they walk out into the main section of this party, and everyone whips their phones out and starts filming because they see that Duck is having... Uh, I mean, he's what he's having is, you would assume, is like a mental breakdown. And Cole is screaming at everyone, put your fucking phones away. Like, what's wrong with you? And everyone's just filming and filming and laughing like this is a joke. And think about the intensity of this already, right? Like it's already felt claustrophobic. It's dark. Like this, this, this music is like they're shouting, but there's still this music playing. And now all of a sudden there's all these faces looking at them, but the lights of their phones as they're recording is really bright. So Cole and Duckett are illuminated with all these kind of like faceless teenagers just watching them. Mm. 
And Cole is trying to shove people back, put your phones away. And as he's shoving people, we see a knife stab into his back. Duckett has stabbed him. He drops to the floor. Everyone starts screaming and kind of slowly backing up. Duckett is just now walking with the knife kind of slowly Uh around the apartment as people are fleeing, now scared, but still kind of filming and as they're running away. And then Duckett stabs himself in the face. And oh, fall, but, 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 but it's not just like a like uh, you you might if 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 Sammy says stab yourself in the face, you might be like, oh, you know, blah, da, da, da. like it's so the, fast, like whew. it's like supernatural force, like the way it's almost like his head goes down and his hand goes up at the time to meet. So the knife, the blade goes all the way into his head, like immediately yep. in. It's it's one of the most brutal face stabbings I've seen in horror, I think, ever. So it's like the Joker and the pencil type situation. Yes, yeah. Yeah, And it's that just, I feel like, sets the tone for the rest of the movie where you just know how stressed you need to be because that's kind of what we're dealing with. I I mean, we talk about something, you know, in horror films called gore shadowing where if they give you a, an early gory death, you know you're in for some mm, fucked up shit. Like they, yep. they let you know. They let you know very early. And that was textbook gore shadowing. Yep. Ugh. Yeah. Ooh. So so we cut to the title. Nice. And then we're introduced to kind of our protagonist, I guess our final girl, but it, it, it fucks with convention enough that – She's not your like typical final girl. Um, yeah, seventeen-year-old Mia is struggling with the second anniversary of her mother Ria's accidental suicide. So she's Mia. Her mother is Ria. Also, her dad is Max. We'll we'll refer to them as either Ria and Max or Mia's mum and dad. Um, what does accidental suicide mean? Well, yeah, I'm having the same well, question. Like an accidental overdose. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Uh, of so, sleeping so, pills. Yeah. So she did. She did kill herself, but there's a question of whether she meant to or not, which I think Got is. It. I think it's revealed quite early. In fact, Mia has this emotionally distant. Whose whose term is that? With apologies. Sorry, Sam and M. I, I sometimes get hung up on editing Wikipedia as we. It go. is. It's is a, that that's from Wikipedia. Then? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so Mia and Max, Mia and Max, her dad, have this frosty relationship, and it has something to do with the fact that there are questions about the mother's death because the mother took too many painkillers, collapsed against the bedroom door, so the dad was trying to break in to you know do something potentially to resuscitate or something, but couldn't get in because she was slumped against the door. Mm. Uh, and then we see that Mia gets a phone call from her best friend's little brother. His name's Riley, the cutest little kid. I think he's 14, they say. he's. They say mm. he's not even 15. So I presume that means he's 14. <laughs> and but he couldn't, in theory, be 0 he, to 14. Yeah, he could be That's right. He's in that bracket. He, like, he could be 16 plus as well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He's not even 15. <laughs> and so she goes to pick him up because his sister has forgotten about him and we find out that Mia basically has this kind of second family because she has such a strained relationship with her dad. She spends most of her time with her best friend Jade and her mom and little brother but as she picks up the little brother Riley 
Uh, it's nighttime. They're driving home, clear that they're very close, and they're singing Sia loud, having a good time. And this is really important because Sia is originally from Adelaide. So Ooh. the fact that as they're driving, Fun. as they're driving home, and they're like they're not just singing along; they're being like, "Ah!" Sorry, that was really bad. But, ah! Chandelier, you can't, what? you can't sing Chandel- it. You, you gotta scream it. <laughs> sing Chandelier, yeah. And it's just exactly. such a like it's it. That that like obviously it's showing the relationship, but it's very much a like it's just a, it's just another Adelaide reference. Little in a detail, film film. love that. Yeah, that's cool. Wouldn't work in Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> no, wouldn't work in Phoenix. Yeah. yeah. Don't know what they would be singing. In I don't Phoenix. even know. <laughs> uh, but as they're driving along, uh, they come to a stop, and we see that they're seeing something that you know startles them, and they get out of the car, and there is a dying kangaroo in the road is this something that happens you guys is this like deer for australia can i say like it it it, it's probably a cliche but kangaroos depending on where you are kind of are everywhere yeah to the point where and i don't know how this happens peach you might have a better idea Mm. how a native animal can be a pest but they're considered a pest at like to the point where especially in rural communities is that right peach yeah yeah that's true um, the way they deal with, I think it's pasture, but 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 not not agricultural pasture, like sort of green fields issues. But it's an issue I don't understand well enough. But like hitting a hitting a roo while driving is like a huge risk driving in the country at night because you'll be flying along yeah, yeah, at yeah. serious yeah. speed, yeah, and you either break or don't. And you've got to understand, you know? like kangaroos are are kind of like scary. Like you know, mm. there's mm-hmm. like there's you know, like I've seen boxing so. right. kangaroo, yeah. I yeah. was going to say, I, they're like big deer that pun can punch you. <laughs> they're like so big deer that can punch that's you. That's right. It's yes. scary. You know, there's, there's this sort of holiday house that our fam go, you know, that's a couple mm. hours south of Sydney that we go to. And it's on this little peninsula that's home to all these, like, you know, families of kangaroos. And so you wake up in the morning and they're just on the front lawn. Yeah. And they are not in any way, like, domesticated or anything. So... Mm. you'll have these moments where they just you just stare them out and you either just give them some space, especially if the big, like, alpha's around who's always massive Oof. and, like, weirdly muscular, like, weirdly humanly Yeah, too muscular. muscular. I don't like it. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so it is super... Not strong, yeah. <laughs> muscular. <laughs> There's too, a difference. Too muscular, they're just too muscular. There's a difference. <laughs> so, so hitting a kangaroo is not like... Yeah, that's so true. Hitting a kangaroo... It's like a Zac Efron. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just, like, really <laughs> veiny. Like, nah, you didn't think they'd have so many veins. But, like... Like hitting a hitting a kangaroo is hitting a wild, sometimes slightly threatening animal. It's not like hitting like a cute. It's like oh, I hit this. It's like no, I hit a kangaroo, right? Mm. And I found as well in like contemporary Australian horror, this is now becoming a bit of a trope. Mm. Early on, you hit a kangaroo, or we find a kangaroo carcass, and it's it's a it's a symbol of. Symbolic. I don't even really know what it's a symbol of. Uh, I feel like there's a similar thing in American horror, though. Like, hitting a deer, deer, deer. is that, a relatively common. Yeah, I'm thinking of Get Out happens in Get Out. Yeah. Get Out. Um, the Invitation, right? Don't they hit a deer on the way up to the house? I think so. Probably just oh, like a bad, bad, bad omen type mm. thing. Yeah, but it, yeah, sort of insert a local large animal here sort of horror trip. Is it on your bingo card, Sammy? I was just trying to reflect. Like, no, I don't think it is. Scary drawing from child and... Spooky nightgown. The next update will have hit a deer slash kangaroo. Yeah, hit a a kangaroo if it's an Australian horror film because I promise it happens more than once. 
Um, doesn't work in Phoenix, that one. That doesn't translate. No, that one does not work in Phoenix. So Drive over a snake when you're there, I presume. <laughs> so Or Charles Barkley. So me, does he? Because <laughs> <I, laughs> did he play for the Phoenix Suns? That's all I know he about did. Phoenix. That's literally <laughs> it. Um, so It's more than me. So Mia dri- drives Riley home, and we, we find out that Mia, she's lost her mom. She's quite distant with her dad. She finds that familial comfort within her best friend Jade's family. So Jade well, hold is on, her we best gotta friend. go back to the kangaroo just for one second because I think it's imp- I think it's important mm. is that they get out and uh, see that it is suffering and dying, and Riley says to Mia, "Like we need to put it out of its misery," and she kind of psychs herself up for a second because it's clear that this kangaroo is not going to survive, um, and she's psyching herself up to to do it they get back in the car and they're she's driving fast like she's gonna drive over its head or something to to kill it and at the last second she stops drives around it she can't do it riley says you know what are you doing and she basically says someone else will come like and take care of it Mm. so they leave it now that actually does make sense now i'm like I, i i do need to see it a second time to like pick up on all of these cues yep so they get home, and yeah, so we discover that Mia has essentially a second family in Jade's family. So Jade's mom, played by Miranda Otto, who is like locally like a super prestigious, famous uh, actress. She's great. Emily, you'd know her from Lord of the Rings. Ah. <gasps> She's one of the elves, and, and I can't remember which one. <laughs> well, is she alongside Succession Lady? She'd be like an earlier generation of lovely woman from Succession whose name escapes me. Uh, Sarah Snook. Sarah's not. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so, so the the family dynamic is she's not an elf; she's a human. But we'll, we, you know, we'll get. We'll <laughs> oh, okay, sorry, sorry. But I know why you would have thought that. And yeah, yeah, she's got long so, blonde hair. So she's a single mom. Uh, Dad is out of the picture. They they don't really talk about it. She's just a single mom. Jade is the older sister. Riley's the younger sister, and Mia clearly stays with them most nights. Younger um, brother. Sorry. Younger brother. Sorry. Younger brother. Yes, is younger brother, and Mia stays with them most nights, and. In this first scene, and I remember while I was watching this, I was like, oh, wow, like it's probably about 15 or 20 minutes into the film and we haven't even seen the hand, we haven't seen spookiness, we're really just setting up this family. Uh, We find out another really funny detail, which is Jade's current boyfriend is Mia's ex-boyfriend who is super Christian, so he only (laughs) goes as far as whatever base is holding hands. Like I know bases change as you get older, but the farthest they get as, as a couple is holding hands. Yeah, they haven't kissed yet. Uh, but Jade is... I think that's zero base. I thought kissing was first but, but when, base. No, when you're it a teenager... Might, yeah, I don't think hands count. Hands is like, all right, we're, you know, w- technically baseball happens here. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that baseball happens <laughs> at some point. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but yeah, so Jade, I mean, Mia would have dated, Dan- Daniel is his name, It like three or four years ago, so when they were 14. so But they have a like fun dynamic where it's not like a s- super jealousy thing. They're kind of playing it as a joke, like, ooh, my ex-boyfriend, ha, 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 Daniel, and they're, they're being uh, like cute about it. Um, and then they're looking at Snapchats from their friends' Snapchat stories, and we see the first images of people being possessed by something but it's kind of treated in the way as like a party drug which i think is the the metaphor that Mm. that it is Mm -hmm. for uh where there's a bunch of kids around one person with huge dilated pupils everyone's laughing filming it like oh my god this is so crazy 
And Mia's really interested in this and wants to go and check it out. It's at one of their friends' houses. Jade is kind of rolling her eyes at it, like they're they're making it up. It's it's a you know, filter or something. It's not real. They're just trying to do this, try to get people to come over to their house. But Mia says it's her mom's remembrance day. This is the two-year anniversary of her her mother's death. And so she kind of uses that as a way to guilt Jade to agree to go. And so they head out and Riley uses Jade forgetting to pick him up as something to blackmail Jade with to let Riley go to the party. He's like, I'll tell mom that you didn't pick me up earlier. So the three of them head to the party. So they go to this party that is hosted by two. uh, I'm trying to think of the high school archetypes, but they definitely reminded me of like, you know, like kids from Australian high school parties where mm-hmm. They're, mm-hmm. they're kind of, they're not quite bullies. They're not quite cool kids. They're something, but they're, they're kind of the rebels where that mm-hmm. people respect them but kind of fear them a little bit, I think. Possibly yes. druggies-ish, druggy yeah. and like and like maybe like a little dash of jock in there for part of it. Maybe they were just boards. I don't know. Yeah. But. Yeah, look, it's very much Heath Ledger's character from 10 Things I Had About You, I think it's probably there. Yeah. So, so, so Hayley and Josh, interesting thing. I just found out as well this morning that Hayley is played by a trans person and because of that, this film is now being banned in Kuwait. I just read that as well, which is fucking crazy because it's literally not even mentioned at all. It's it's not part of it's almost as if that's just a person and an actor exactly. in the movie. Exactly. exactly. It's like not because, part of the story. Yeah. That it's like literally just them wanting to wipe trans people from existence and being like, No, we won't be seeing that in films in this country. I, I would have expected <laughs> more from Kuwait, but um <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> What I think is interesting, uh, like that's such a good point, so and this is this is my point. This is my this is my main point about why I find this film so exciting. It's like that's what I that's what I've seen from Gen Z. It's like they don't give a shit. Like it's not a big deal. And in the fact that like a millennial screenwriter would have had characters making joke about their transness and then mm-hmm. them defending it and would have been like a big deal. Like no, I'm like you know I'm a hero or whatever. Whereas like they're We're like putting it in the movie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas like here, they're just it, like Haley's just another character. It's kind of amazing. But anyway, yep. so so they go to this house party. Immediately, we hear two like one four songs in a row. So one four are like the biggest Australian drill band. There's heaps of like mm. YouTube videos of like uh, British drill fans reacting to Australian oh. drill, and it's always one four, and they're amazing. Anyway, so I think the songs are Lads in the Hood, and I ca- couldn't quite work out what the other one was. But I, I just thought that was such a cool detail that you just wouldn't see in other films. Mm. Anyway, yeah. so they go they go to this party and it starts out as a normal teenage party. Like kids sitting around, people chatting, people making jokes, people feeling awkward. There's no hand yet. It's just a party. And then, Sounds awesome. And then the main event happens where Haley and Joss reveal their severed a bombed hand. So this is a oh. this is a human Hand. Well, well, well. Later on, they sort of start to talk about what it could be, but at the moment, it kind of looks—it okay. it looks like a real hand, but it also seems to have the the properties of something hard or like either something wooden or stone. I think they say it's ceramic. That it's it. At some point, we find out it's like the, an mm. embalmed hand of a medium or mm. a psychic or a satanist, and it, there's just a lot of mythology sure, sure. around it. It's never fully like here's exactly mm. what it is. It's more like yeah. teenage mm-hmm. kids with a 
totem thing that they found building mythology around it and kind of trying to amp up the spookiness, but we're not exactly sure. Uh, I find that um, with quite, quite good horror films, that's often the way. It's the way to do it. In, in a, 100%. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, like because I don't know what you were expecting, Em, but in like getting into exploring horror films, I was expecting it to be the hand of Belshazzar, <laughs> the demon of the undead exactly. or whatever. Yeah, that's always a disappointment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's why I feel like this movie's so successful because it doesn't. Mm. There's a lot of unanswered questions at the end that I think mm. are really fun to think about and we'll talk about when we get there. But but yeah, mm. so we don't we don't know. It seems like just kids that have found a hand that comes with some uh warnings, some other group of friends gave it to them and they slap it on the table and basically say uh, it connects you to spirits on the other side and they can possess you. And uh, Mia volunteers to go first and they strap her to a chair with like a belt and it's feeling, I'm nervous at this point for sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, Haley tells us that you can't hold it for longer than 90 seconds because after 90 seconds, they'll want to stay. And that's a very scary line. But the, the, that 90 seconds starts when you let them in. So the way that they, they, they explain, the way that this ritual happens is you hold the hand and you say, talk to me, and you'll be able to see a spirit. Once you say, I let you in, the timer starts and you become possessed. Yep. And Mia <clears throat> starts, holds the hand, says, talk to me, sees... Uh, what looks like a scary corpse of an old man panics, lets it go, freaks out seeing this is real now. And she's like, what the fuck was that? Jade is like, Mia, stop making a joke. It's not funny. And she's like, this is real. This is real. She says, who the fuck was that? Haley and Joss are laughing. They're saying it's somebody different. Every time you have to keep holding it and say, I'll let you in. So Jade, because Jade's not believing her, Mia, like, Again, psychs herself up. She's like, I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to prove it to you. This is real. What I just, I just saw someone real. Holds the hand again, says, talk to me, sees like a waterlogged woman's corpse. It looks like a woman that has drowned and she's scared and, and cringing. And they say, you don't have to look at it. Just say, I let you in. So she says, I let you in. The force of the spirit entering her body knocks her back in her chair. It's one of the doors opens and slams closed. The, her pupils start getting big. It's Andy- like it's Edgar Wright. It's Requiem for mm-hmm. a Dream. It's like mm-hmm. all these like quick cuts. And you see the spirit really luxuriating and being in a physical body. She's kind of like, mm. and looking around the room, she's laughing. And she looks at an empty spot in the room and says, there he is. Really scary. They're all looking at that. What the fuck? Where there? Who is? <laughs> and then she looks at Riley and says, he likes you. And Whoa. Riley looks oh. terrified. And, and remember, like, when you're 14, you're a baby. Like, even and, at oh, 17, baby, you're a baby, baby. But it's like you're 14. You're this 14-year-old boy. You think you're, like, going out to this party, but you're, you're not. Like, you'll probably still have some toys you like to play with. You're very like, yeah. and, and he just, the look on his face when he realizes he's being targeted is like, 
heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. He has like a little silent Ooh. tear fall. For, he's like so scared, but trying to hide it because he wants to be one of the oh. older kids. And she's really focused on him and says, he's behind you now. He's going to rip you in half. And we're all looking and there's nobody behind him. And everyone else is laughing while Riley is uh, fucking terrified. Mm. And again, everyone's filming this. That's another important thing that's always in the, mm. in the background of all of, the, all of this. Which And people, people are kind of spooked, but they're also pissing themselves in a way that I think people would in this situation. They're like a like, Ouija oh board type thing. Yeah. And like everyone's yeah. filming like, oh my God, can you believe it? Oh, shit. And like. The very teenage aspect of yep. it, which is you just have no concept mm. of what fear should be, mm. what life is. It's why like teens drink and drive all the time. You just are like you feel invincible and you're so mm. stupid and you're and you just like will do the stupidest fucking shit ever because mm. you have no idea mm. you shouldn't. Which one of the most <sighs> chilling things I heard in an interview with the Philippo brothers was when they were asked what some of their inspiration was for the movie, they said that they had these neighbors growing up, these kids around their age that it was, I think three brothers or three friends or something. And one of them was experimenting with some sort of party drug and had a really bad reaction to it and was basically having a seizure. And the other kids just filmed him laughing and nobody called the, uh, you know, an ambulance or anything. And the Filippo, Filippo brothers just said how that was like the most terrifying thing they had ever heard of just exactly teenagers not being equipped to handle or, or take this situation seriously. Yeah. And that's what happens in this movie. <laughs> yeah, mix it yeah. up with some undead chat roulette and you've got a, yep. you got a good, yeah. good film. This is literally undead chat roulette. Oh, my God. Mm. Um, it gets close to 90 seconds. So they try to end the ritual. So th there's another thing. So you light a candle at the start and you blow a candle oh, right. out at the end. But you also have to let go of the hand. So it gets close to 90 seconds. They try to pry the hand from her, but the spirit is holding onto it far too hard. When they eventually separate Mia's hand from the, the actual hand, they're like, it's gone over 90 seconds. But they're like, are you okay? And she's like, I feel fine. She says she feels amazing. Well, well, th see, this is, what, this is what's interesting about this, right? So that night, Ooh. Mia stays over with Jade's family. <laughs> Riley wakes up because he's obviously like totally traumatized goes to Jade's sister's room and she's like, you're not sleeping in here. So he like trundles along in his pajamas, holding his pillow and his blanket and goes to the couch where Mia's sleeping and hops in. And at first Mia kind of pays him out by being like, oh, you're having nightmares, are you? And he, she's like, don't worry, I have nightmares too, very ominously. And then Riley asks her, how did it feel being possessed? And she's like, it felt amazing, and I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember the wording. Maybe you have this better. Sense. She says. Hmm. She says it felt like I could. I could. Well, this is in the trailer, and I'm not actually sure it's what she says in the movie. But like, she says she feels like warm and like she could see and feel everything. But she was in the passenger seat, which is like a common way that people could describe drugs. It's like you feel like there, but not there, and so it's her witnessing life but not being in the driver's seat of it so an escape so so the next day we're at the high school and Haley being like yeah i guess the cool druggy kid wait, is in wait, the high one, school cup. one last thing that happens in that scene is that they fall asleep and 
we see Riley's face as he's sleeping and just a wet waterlogged hand stroke his cheek. That's yes. right. Cut That's away. right. Yeah. So we're then at school the next day. We're in the car park. Haley's sitting on the boot of her car smoking a ciggy. And God, there were just just in that sentence, there were so many little Australian things that I just <laughs> oh, yeah, it was Haley's car park, boot of the car, Siggy. We would have said they're in the parking lot, sitting on the trunk, trunk. smoking a cigarette. And I just had to call that out because it was just one after another after another, and I really loved it. Well, Shag's Shag's favorite that he needs to put to you both is you know when you're at a playground. We say playground. It's a playground. And, you know, when children sit on, like, a sloping thing and they sit at the top. A slide? On their, on slide? Their... So, um, <laughs> we call that a slippery dip. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was a word. And so, sorry, Shag, Shag, Shag shared his insight that, like, we in Australia think that's a worldwide thing. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's the swings. Um, yeah, do you want to yeah, go down the slippery dip? And it's like, that's just what we call it. I love that's it. That's so much more fun. I love that it. is so much more fun than slide. Slipper dip. Slippery dip. We bequeath it to you. Uh, enjoy Thank it. you. In, I'm using in Adelaide, it. they call it a slide still, I'm sure. So, <laughs> so, so, so they're in this high school where there's probably a slippery dip somewhere very nearby. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so with Mia sort of sheepish, sheepishly behind Jade, Jade asks Haley if they can do the ritual again. And Haley's like, well, we can't do it at my house or Joss's house. I can't remember whose house it was, but they're like, because the house is trash. But if we can do it at your house, we'll do it tonight. And the reason why, it's interesting, the reason why they want to do it is because Jade's super Christian boyfriend wants to do it. Yeah, Daniel. Yeah, which feels weird. I mean, we haven't really seen Daniel yet, but it just, from what we've heard of Daniel, feels weird for out of character for him. I think that's fair to say, yeah. But he wants a turn. So they decide... And the stage is set for them to do it that night. And what's really funny is there's this really fun scene or there's a, there's a collection of scenes before this second party that night where Miranda Otto, the mum, is really clued up that something is going to happen <laughs> at their house tonight. Like uh, Daniel shows up really early and the mum's like, what are you doing here? Why are you here? And then has this really cute scene where she goes into Riley's bedroom and tries to trick Riley by being like, so about the party tonight, what time's it starting? But Riley's a bit too smart. He's like, what party? There's no party happening here. And so so basically, like the it's this thing where it's like the mum knows something's going to happen, but is like, I trust you kids. Don't do anything dumb tonight. I can't stop you. I have to go out, but please just be safe tonight. Yeah. And so they come over after the mom has left for work or whatever, and Daniel's going first. Daniel, they bring out the hand. Daniel's ready to go. They strap him in, and he grabs the hand, says, talk to me, freaks out, but keeps holding the hand. He says, I let you in. We see him get thrown back. And he's kind of choking for a while and they think something, because there's usually kind of a little adjustment period where it's settling into your body and he's really choking. His eyes are really bulging, but it does pass. And he he sits back down in the chair. He's looking around at them, looking at all of the faces. And he looks at Jade and says, he hates it when you touch him. And Jade looks hurt by this. This is, we assume, this the spirit talking. And I think the actual, like, there's another quote where he's like, 
you make him soft. You make him soft because the the we find out at some point that they can kind of read your thoughts while they're in your body. So it's communicating things mm-hmm. that it's learning from Daniel's brain. And obviously Jade looks really hurt by this. And then Daniel possessed turns to look at Mia and starts looking really turned on and breathing heavily and kind of massaging himself. I don't know if he's fully jerking off, but he's reaching down. That's kind of the impression we're getting. And he's like, uh, it's getting very sexual and hot and heavy. And uh, Joss and Haley are laughing and filming. And and more than that, more than that, I reckon this is probably the moment where the Filippo brothers were like, we have to film this in Australia. We're not going to let an American production company do this because the most Australian moment in this whole film is when Daniel, as possessed by the ghost, says those awful things to Jade and then is really gross towards Mia. And it cuts to Haley, and Haley turns to Joss and is like, Man, this ghost is a cunt. Like, <laughs> and it's just like, and, you, and like, and you've got to understand, like, in Australian teams, but generally it's like that word is just so common like Mm. so common to the point where it's like people get into trouble like australians going to the uk or america will just be like oh don't be such a cunt and like the room will stop and everyone will be like oh you can't (laughs) say that like it's just it's just so commonplace and when i saw that in this film i was like oh my god people are gonna laugh but people are gonna be like why the fuck did Haley say that that's really funny that's cool i laughed i laughed But so Daniel is like thrusting and getting so hot and heavy that he falls off of his chair. Oh, oh, fuck. I forgot about this bit. Oh, my God. (laughs) And he's kind of humping the floor and moaning. Everyone's filming and laughing. And then Jade's dog runs over and starts licking his face. And he starts making out with the dog and grabbing the dog like they're having this very horny moment and i did find out that this is thankfully cgi they did and it looks it looks really good though they they, like did a little plate of but it's like so hard to watch this is one of those cases where i'm like thank god for cgi (laughs) thank god they didn't actually have something and it's also one of those like little like tongue dogs you know those squash face yeah yeah, it's a bulldog it's a bulldog like so it's like french bulldog so it's like it's a very like it's 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 uh, i watched this in a full cinema so like I could only get a single seat. Like the cinema was so packed and people lost it. Like the cinema was going wild watching this. Yeah. Laughing, like, oh, laughing, I think just like, laughing, but like, grossed like, out. Yeah. Just like, but it keeps no. going. It keeps like, they do not pull away and it just won't stop. Until they hit that Ooh. 90 second mark and then they pull them out of it and they're laughing and like cry laughing and Daniel comes to and is immediately panicking, like, delete it, delete it, delete the videos from your phones, please, please delete it. And they're already posting it, laughing too hard. Oh, and it's, 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 it's done. It's out there. So then after this is like, I think maybe the coolest scene I've Mm -hmm. seen in a horror film this year. Like it is out of control. Like this is the moment where you're like, oh, I'm watching like a five-star film where Mm -hmm. essentially they have a drug montage, but for the ritual. So... Over the course of like a minute or two with some like music playing, they all take turns saying, talk to me and I let you in. So, so we see Haley going crazy and being possessed. We see Joss being possessed. We see people doing it multiple times. We see people falling over, cutting to people laughing. And it's like, 
everyone's just doing this ritual like it's kind of like a fun, dumb, dare, party drug sort of thing. Yep. Is this like Edgar Wright style? Like, are we getting like choppy, bouncy, like we're having a good time and kind of. Yeah, it's fun. Like, it's Mm -hmm. not scary. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, I think watching it, you think to yourself, I don't know, Sammy, did you think, oh, maybe I'd do it? Um, I had a moment of understanding. It's hard to separate because I know (laughs) the bad things that could happen. But I can see in this moment the appeal of it. It's looking really fun in this moment. Uh, there's a part where and everyone's doing yeah. everyone it except like for it's Jade. Cool to do mm. it. Jade is not doing yeah. it. I can 100% say I would not do it, and not just because I am scared of everything. And you know, obviously was as a teenager. I like didn't. I did not like party as a teen. I know that I would be the kid who was like. This isn't right. This isn't good, and we shouldn't be doing. I'd be like, <laughs> I might have done it in college. Little bitch about college would, would have been I my like time. The peer pressure element, though, mm. like yeah. you, you know the sort yeah. of oh yeah the like say say Candyman in the in the mirror type type sort of oh, yeah. are you like brave enough? Yeah, like it's good fun. Yeah, and as they're rap, there's a part where like Mia is singing in French. That's fun, and it's just looking like they're mm-hmm. having a good time, and then. As they're wrapping up, Haley and Joss are like, all right, we got to go. And Riley is like, wait, I want to get, I want to turn. And Jade says, you know, Mm. no, you're not doing it. You're not even 15. This is where we get that line. And uh, he get, they get in a fight and kind of each deliver some low blows where um, Riley says something to Jade like, oh, all you care about is trying to suck Daniel's dick and embarrasses her. So she storms out. And so she's not in the room anymore. I think one of the reasons she storms out is because Mia then steps in. And what instead of having Jade's back, it's right. like, Jade, it doesn't always have to be your rules. Let Riley do this. And Jade's kind of like, I'm just trying to protect my brother. But like, if the yeah. whole room's against me, fuck it. You do whatever you want and like storms out. Yeah. So... She leaves and they're still like seeming like they're going to wrap up and Riley is begging Mia like, please, please, can I just try it? Just try it. And someone says maybe for 60 seconds instead of 90 seconds. And Mia says, okay, 50 seconds. And that's it. And so they decide, all right, Riley's going to do it for 50 seconds. I'm already freaking out at this moment because it's just the way that it's unfolding. You know that this is bad for you. And uh, so Riley grabs a hand and says, talk to me. And you see his face look really scared, but kind of, I saw a little almost recognition, I feel like. And they say, it's okay. Just say, I let you in. And he says it. Spirit enters his body. He starts crying, turns to Mia and says, I'm so sorry, Mia. I'm so I never wanted to leave you. I didn't want to hurt you. And then he she, he says, "Me, I didn't didn't want to hurt you." And me is her nickname that her mom called her. And so she immediately uh is crying and and shocked and she starts kind of crawling towards him. She's and Haley says, "We're at the 52nd mark." And she says, "No, no, no, please. It's my mom. It's my mom. It's my mom. My mom is in him right now." And she holds the hand as well. So she's putting her hands over their two hands. And then Riley kind of starts choking and throws his head back and is looking like he's losing oxygen. And 
Mia is still trying to be like, mom, mom, is that you? And then Riley slams his head down on the table as hard as he can, busts his head open, starts pouring blood from his head. They all freak out and and jump backwards scared. He slams his head a couple more times, like fucking bashing it so hard. His head is busting open. Oh, God, oh, God. And then he reaches for his eye, starts trying to pull his own eye out. And Mia is trying to stop him, trying to pull the hand off of him. She's screaming, help me, help me, help me. Everyone is like frozen in in shock. And she's screaming, help me. And tries to get the hand away from him. But he throws himself backwards against the window. The window shatters. He's still got the hand in his hand. We're over 90 seconds now. And there's a big, like, heavy credenza table thing that he, again, starts bashing his head more and more and more his head is like getting pulpy ah! it's like he's like killing himself and jade hears what's happening runs in screams also is and runs to him and puts her hand in between the table and his head and he's still slamming his head on it she's screaming in pain her hand is now like broken and mia goes into complete shock and walks out of the room after they, they've gotten the hand off of him and Jade is holding him, but we don't really see how it fully wraps up because we're following Mia as she's dazed and in shock in the hallway, leaving the room and the sound design kind of goes all muffled and quiet as we see her washing blood off her hands. We see Joss and Haley leaving like they're going to pin this on us, freaking out. And we see a cop coming in the background being like, we need to talk to you. And, and and you, as this happens, you start to realize that the whole group have like shut down and closed in on themselves to be like, we're not telling anybody anything. We're not going to give anything away. We, we're all going to be like, we don't know what happened. And so basically mm-hmm. nobody tells any of their parents anything. Everybody's just like, we don't know what happened. Riley just kind of went wild, which makes sort of everybody a bit suspicious, but none of the kids kind of get arrested because- there's no really evidence that anything happened except yeah. this kid kind of went wild. There's this really, there's a moment where, uh, like, he's hop- he's hospitalized um, and Jay tries to, like, hold her mom's hand, but her mom sort of pulls away because clearly she's not telling her mom anything because she can't. And then, you know, Mia's at home and Mia's dad, Max, is like, is there anything you want to tell me about what happened? And Mia just counters, like, is there anything you want to tell me about what happened to mum? And she's like, yeah, I thought not. And so instead of, like, the, the parents coming in or, like, the police coming in or anything coming in, there's no outside help. This, this thing has happened yeah. to Riley, but the kids are essentially going to have to sort this out themselves. Kind of an It Follows vibe. was It was giving me that of just, like, the parents aren't super involved. And, I mean... Uh, the Miranda auto, auto character she's trying to be, but yeah, they're just not giving her any information. And so now we see at the hospital, Jade tries, or excuse me, Mia tries to visit Jade and Riley in the hospital. They're furious at her. They don't want her there. And Jade's mom thinks Mia might have given Riley drugs or something she doesn't know. And she's just like, I want you out of here. Like, get the fuck out of here. And this is obviously very difficult for Mia because this is kind of her family. And she... Yeah, it's this this weird moment where it's like, Mm. basically, the mom's like, it's Mia's fault. 
Mm-hmm. No one said anything mm-hmm. as far as we know, but she's decided it's Mia's fault, which is kind of a fucked up thing. As much as I hate Mia in this movie, as much as she pisses me off and I'm like, how dare you do that to Riley? Yeah. It's kind of fucked for the mom to just turn her away. Yeah, because it's like she can because it's not really her her kid. So yeah. she is able to be like, hey, get the fuck out. But she's still like a child who's yeah. like looked to you as a parent figure. And that is, yeah, yeah. it's really, really now, tough. Now we do see Riley's face. And it's like, it's like the head, it's like the daughter's head in Hereditary. It's like, I don't know how they do it, but it's just the most horrific facial injuries I, I think I've ever seen on films. Yeah, but he's a, he's alive, but his face is, his head is like swollen to, I don't know, like almost twice its size. Like he's so incredibly injured. He's in a coma it, one of his eyes is swollen completely shut. It just, it looks so bad. Oh. Um, and this oh. is consistent with the trend you've identified, Shag, and, and Sammy, I'm sure you have as well, of just putting kids in jeopardy. Oh, being yeah. a very contemporary Again, way of going yeah. about. For another update of your bingo card, if there's like a sweet or adorable child in a horror film in 2023, they are fair game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know why this is going to sound so... <laughs> <laughs> but kids don't it doesn't kid stuff doesn't usually bother me too much <laughs> so Fuck him. Gives a Fuck shit. Him. yeah yeah so, so awful but something about riley really did get me and i think i don't know it might be that he's a teenager like a young preteen and he's just so cute and this kid was so good in it but so, for some reason this hit me harder than i expected it to based on my reactions to other child I think yeah I think yeah after yeah (laughs) this was on the the bad end but I think also like after that there's just that shot where he's in his pajamas he's in his jammies he's holding his pillow he's walking through the house like looking to sleep with someone because it's like he's too scared to sleep in his own bedroom I kind of at that point I sort of like my, you know, paternal instincts kicked in. I was yep. like, I need to protect Riley. I really costs. wanted to protect Riley at all costs. <laughs> I think there's something to like, because, yeah, I look, nobody wants bad things to happen to children, but there's something <laughs> about like, but, <laughs> but in, I feel like in a lot of movies, the whole point is like a bad thing happens to a kid and we see them the whole time. It's like, they're so innocent. They're so young. They're so innocent. Uh, feel bad for them, but there's something about the exact juxtaposition of Riley at wanting to be an adult, mm-hmm. but but the, he is still a little kid. That they're like, I think that's what's really hard about it is it's like this that exact moment in time where you're like play acting mm, at being yeah, not a kid, yeah. but you still really yeah. are, and that's like a really scary because you moment. get in over your head because you think you can handle yeah, it, yeah, because you like. You are still oh, the last thing on earth you want to be as a child, but you still fully yeah. are. And that's like. Yeah. I mean, what you said, Emma, as lot. well, like nobody wants bad things to happen to kids. I think a big part, like a real realization of Feel Bad Club is like, I don't know how to describe this without sounding like the worst person in the world, but <laughs> I enjoy that Riley's, like, as much as I want to protect Riley at all costs. For this film to be fully effective, I enjoy that he's fair game. It does up the stakes. And I enjoy the fact that yeah. the film won't protect him. Yeah, it does make you feel like anything anything is possible. 
in a bad way. So, anything <laughs> in a bad way. In a bad way. <laughs> yep. Whatever the bad version is of that. So, so Daniel, who is just like he, he's not even really a character in this film, but Christian boyfriend is like you know chases after Mia, who's now been abandoned, like has b- abandoned her own family, but has been abandoned by a chosen family. So Daniel's like, tell you what, I'll drive you back to your house. Along the way, it's revealed that Daniel has told his parents that he's staying with his cousin, so he can't go home. So he's like, look, I'll go stay with you tonight if you need some company. They go they go home. They, they're on Mia's bed. And I think, does Mia, like, try to, like, make out with him and he rebuffs her? Like She's definitely happens? flirting with him. They, they, like, compare hand sizes and she's oh, yeah. kind of leaning in in a way that is suggestive and he pulls away. He's not letting it go there. And he does mention, like, you know, it's, I'm, I'm with Jade. But it's, it's Mia's in this very vulnerable spot and it's clear that she wants to be, like, held and comforted by someone and she's, he's, he's there mm-hmm. with her, but she's wanting more and he's not giving it to her. So they sleep uh, head to foot in bed and then <laughs> Mia wakes up and one of the old, I don't know if it's, if it's the same old woman she saw from before. It's, but it's not. One of, it's, it's a new like old scary scarred corpsey woman is like creeping around the room and then comes to the bed. She freaks out. She jumps away from the bed and it goes towards Daniel and takes like his whole foot and just like it, 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 it's, it's not, I don't know what, like, it's not like, it's not necessarily sexual. It's sensual in the fact that she's like kind of eating, kind of sucking on this foot, but it's, it's scary more than anything. Like, I don't even like, it's such a weird scene. Yeah. And Mia is screaming, Daniel, wake up, Daniel, wake up, Daniel, wake up, looking at this as he's asleep. And then we see him wake up and look down at his feet and sees Mia sucking his toes. And he pulls back and it like shakes them both up. And Mia's like, she was sucking your toes. And he's like, you were sucking my toes, Mia. I'm getting the fuck out of here. And she's like, so confused. Like, what? No, like there was a woman. And he's like, he just gets out, slams the door, leaves her. And she starts like smacking her head. She goes into this mm. moment that is kind of like a, almost like an addict, like having a whatever, like craving. Cause she had, we see that she has the hand. Uh, they I was going to say, left. I was going to say, we haven't even thought about the hand for a while, but yeah. it t- like at this point we're like, hang on, she's got the hand. And she brings it out and she's crying. And then she lights a candle, brings the hand out. And she says, mom, Please, mom, talk to me. Holds the hand. We see this out of focus shot. Looks like could be her mom. And we hear her mom's voice say, I'm here. And. <laughs> <laughs> Good work, Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> that, is that good? Yes. And something I want to point out is that. In this point, the sound design and kind of whenever the spirits are around, the sound design is really watery. It like sounds like mm. drips or underwater kind of mm. uh, white noisy, but like as if you're deep on un- deep underwater. And she's talking to her mom and she says, D- asks her if she killed herself. Mom says, no, I would never do that. I would never want to leave you. And... She's crying, and then the mom says, Riley needs your help. 
they're hurting him. And we cut away and we go back to Riley at the hospital and they're giving him a, a little bath in like a in a shower thing like doing the little cloth wiping him down he's completely uh un- unresponsive i just want you guys to be prepared for this because this is like this is one of those moments where again it's weird watching this in a cinema because you almost feel dirty for watching <laughs> scenes like this together with all these people to be like i paid money <laughs> And I, you know, sick I took freak. time. This I is made how plans. I choose to spend my yeah. time. <laughs> I, I drove here. I parked. I bought some snacks. I'm eating snacks right now watching this. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're like quite tenderly giving him a bath. He is comatose. Like, he, he can, like, maybe he can open in his eyes, but you kind of can't tell. His face is just that puffy and gashed. We notice there are, like, bite marks all along his arm. And he suddenly comes to... And I think the first thing he tries to do, I think the first thing he tries to do is bite his arm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. He sort of bites his arm. And it's just Jade, it's just Jade with him. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because the mum and her and Jade are watching him. But then the mum gets a phone call and she's like, oh, great, it's your father. But like, as in like annoyingly, like, oh, like, <clears throat> of course he's calling now. And then leaves. That's the only mention we ever have of uh, Jade and Riley's dad, uh, mm. FYI. And so, yeah, so so she recoils and then... I think he falls to the ground and once again starts banging the back of his head into the tiles of this hospital bathroom so hard that tiles shake loose. And he's like essentially just hitting the back of his head uh, into the oh, into this wall God. with cement, which causes obviously his head to start bleeding again. The water and blood from the shower start mixing together and start like pooling under his head towards the drain and then his face on the side smashed and completely like fucked has come to he starts smiling and starts like licking up all of his blood like like a cat or a dog like on the ground just trying to like lick up food that's just sort of spilt on the ground all the while jade is screaming eventually orderlies come in and restrain him and he's still trying to lick up these like little last scarics of blood on the ground Pretty rough stuff. And then we see all the original crew meet up again. I don't know if I think they're at at Jade's. And everyone is looking, you know, incredibly stressed. Mia asks how Riley's doing. Jade tells him, well, every time he comes to, he tries to kill himself. So not good. We're all mad at each other. Tensions are high. But Mia lets everyone. Mainly mad at Mia, though. Like people are mainly mad at Mia. Yeah. 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 Which fair enough. I mean, I feel like I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty mad at her too. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Even at the end, I was like, "Fuck Mia!" Like fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, I like I feel empathy for her, but I'm also so mad. It's both. Like I I understand yeah. that she <laughs> is going through a really difficult time, but she did make a huge fucking mistake, and it ended really badly. So she, but she needs to, I think she's maybe called them all together to let them know she's still seeing the spirits. She's seen her mom. She saw that woman. And she says, I saw the woman was sucking um, Daniel's toe. This lets Jade know that Daniel spent the night at Mia's. She's pissed now at Daniel. Mm. And just tensions are running high in this group. Everyone's, you know, angry. And 
she's asking more about the hand. She's like, okay, well, why am I still seeing things? I know I went over the 90 seconds. Like, what does this mean? And Joss and Haley reveal that they got the hand from Duckett from the opening scene. Nice. And... And the reason why they got it from Duckett is because Duckett was like, I don't need it because I, I see them now without the hand. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and so we find out that Duckett's brother is still alive. He survived being stabbed. Yep. And so we are going to go talk to him now. What's his name? Cole? But his Duckett is, Cole, is not yeah. alive. So Duckett, Duckett is not alive. Duckett is dead. So, okay, so they... That happened to Duckett. They knew about it, and they were like, "Well, we're not. We're not going to have enough." Yep, they have full disregard. Which I mean, people's in high school friends do die of like mm. overdoses and things like. And I think that's the main metaphor they keep here. Doing drugs, yeah, is is yeah. yeah, yeah so, yeah. but yes, I mean, it's it's mm. not smart of them, but that is what has no. happened. But they track down Cole and. He doesn't want to talk to them. He doesn't want anything to do with the hand, but. Mia has a little moment with him where she says, I know, I, I know what it's like to lose someone really close to you. We have had heard that their mom had died also in the opening scene, and obviously now his brother has died. So he kind of softens to her mm. a little bit. And they're like, please just give us anything, like any information that could help us. And he tells them that the longer they're in you, <sighs> the weaker they get. Which isn't, you know, super helpful, but it's something. But that's kind of all he gives them, right? But after that, Mia has this idea that they never actually blew out the candle. And she's like, well, maybe because we didn't blow out the candle, we never completed the ritual. So we just have to do the ritual again and properly blow out the candle and then we can be free. So they return to the hospital with the hand. And while they're there, Mia, you know, does the talk to me and she sees this little girl. Well, they try it with Riley first because oh, yeah, they're like right. trying to get, they're trying to think like if Riley does it, but he's in a coma. They're trying to like end yes. Riley's yeah. ritual. Yeah, but he they, can't talk. But he can't say it. So they're anything. saying, talk yeah. to him. And obviously nothing's yeah. happening. Yeah. And so then Mia's like, let me, let me do it and see maybe Riley's spirit is disconnected from his body or something. And maybe mm. I can call Riley. So she says, Riley, talk to me. And instead, a little girl shows up. There's this sort of like silent little girl and Mia's like, do you know what's happening with him? And she's like, I'll show you. And so she gives Mia this vision. The little girl says, I let you in. Oh, that's right. That's what happens. (sighs) Fuck yes. And then Mia has a vision of what's happening to Riley. Like I just, I literally wrote in my recap, then we see the vision all in capital letters. It's event horizon shit. It's Event Horizon. It probably could have been done better. Actually, when I was watching this, I was like, oh, like, I wish this was even more horrific because it's like a little bit cheesy. But basically, there's like a screaming, naked Riley, basically screaming in pain with all these like old, gross, naked people around him, hands like kind of pulling at him, like, I, I guess, like slowly torturing him. But but it's like it's it's Event Horizon where we only see like a second or two seconds of it. There is a little shot of a woman eating a baby. Oh, I didn't see that. I think if you go frame by frame on that scene, you'll see more that might, might, you know, quench your thirst for this. Because <laughs> like event, uh, yeah, event horizon shit is horrific enough. That's like that's good if you go. Yeah, go, if you go yeah, to yeah we get the, we get the picture. There, it's bad. Whatever is happening on the other side is yeah. bad. So the stakes are sky high. 
Mia returns home where her dad is waiting for her. He's like, hey, I want you to sit down. I've got something to say to you because I realized after you said that that I have been hiding something from you. And so he proceeds to read the mum's suicide note. And so he reads it to her uh, and he's like, okay. the only reason I never shared this with you is because I didn't want you to blame yourself. But, yeah, I, I don't want you to think I'm hiding. Which, yeah, that is- line, uh, I have questions. We can talk about it at the end. Yeah. Uh, I do think, This is though, not winning any parenting awards. I do think, is. though, and, like, again, it's like, it, it, it's, it's a really, it, it's, it's, it's a very accurately written suicide note. Like, I, the I suicide think note is it, devastating. Yeah, it's it's, it's um, she says it's like the most she says, dear me and Max, you know, it's this morning and I feel the most hopeful I've felt in a long time. I hope you both live uh, long, full, beautiful lives. I hope that you find it in your hearts to forgive me. I hope that it's just like it's it's really beautiful and really heartbreaking and absolutely devastating. But Mia doesn't believe it. Mia doesn't, because Mia's been told by Ghost Rhea that she would never kill herself and she'd never abandon Mia. So she goes into her room and she's talking to her ghost mom. And her ghost mom is like, that's not my note. I didn't write that. I would never leave you guys. I would never kill myself. And she's like, well, why did my dad have it? And the ghost mom is like, that's not your dad. That spirit's impersonating your dad. At which point there's a banging on the door. Now, this is where the movie gets really interesting and, you know, not exactly like explicit in what's happening, where we have the dad who is sitting down on the couch, sort of just dealing with the fact that he's revealed something to his daughter who won't accept Mm. it, and then decides to maybe look through a bag to be like, what's going on in your life? Because I don't know. But at the same time, there's a dad banging on the door. And these two things, the film is telling us these two things are happening simultaneously. The dad comes into Mm. the room, attacks Mia, has her on the ground. Mia grabs a pair of scissors. At this point, the real dad realizes something's going on, goes to the door, it's locked, barges his way in. These two timelines or these two realities converge into Mia stabbing her dad. Killing the dad. In the neck. Uh... Yeah. Yep. And then we see this is this is the toe sucking. Like this is this is where we come. This is this this is the harvest we're yielding from the seeds we planted with the toe <laughs> sucking. Right. It's, it's also <laughs> Oculus. It's the evil mirror mm, making you see yep. things yes. to make you do things. And yeah, so she stabs her dad in the neck with the scissors, and he's he, we just cut away from that. And Jade gets a call. She's in the hospital, and we see Mia on the other end of the line kind of out of it, days saying, Jade, I know what to do. I know what to do. Also, her mom has been continuing to whisper in, in her ear or tell her, like, Riley's Riley's in, in trouble. They're hurting him. You need to save him. I'll protect him, but you need to you need to help him. So Mia tells Jade, I know what to do. I just need you here. I need you here now. And Jade agrees and, and gets in her car to drive to uh, Mia's house, and we see that Mia is already at the hospital in the parking lot watching Jade drive away. Now we're getting into th- the finale, you know, like the end of Talk to Me. And it's really important that I don't know if she says it or Mia's, mo- Mia's ghost mom says it, but she's now convinced that the only way to save Riley is to kill him. Even though something that we have heard earlier, which now I don't know if we've said, but they, I think maybe we learned from Cole that 
or no, I think we learned it even earlier. They said if you di- if you die while they're in you, they'll have you forever. That's one of the other mythology things. So we're kind of having two conflicting yeah. ideas here. But what's really interesting as well is that, you know, when Mia calls Jade, Jade's like, oh, you don't have to do anything. Like he mm. actually came to just before and there was a moment where he felt like himself. Yeah, himself again. So so Jade's like, no, it's actually just taking its course. But Riley has her mum in her ear and he's like, no, the only way we can do this is to kill him. So, yeah, so Jade is gone. Meanwhile, uh, Mia goes to the hospital room where Jade's mum is. Jade's mum now apologises to Mia. Worst time yeah. for her to apologise. To be like, hey, I know it wasn't you. I know it was just Riley. I'm so sorry I blamed you. You're still part of the family. Mia uses this to be like, hey, can I just have a moment alone with Riley? Riley's mum's like, of course, leaves. Mia has an interaction with Riley where Riley becomes an old woman, I think. I think it's an old man, which I kind of take to be in the original possession where he said he likes you. I think this is him. Ah, yes, of course. Okay. Um, Mia tries to stab him with the scissors but can't do it. Sees a little flashback of the kangaroo. The kangaroo. The kangaroo. Now I, I, I missed oh. that on the first watch. Um, we, we cut to Jade, who's gone to Mia's house, found Mia's dad. Mia's dad's still alive, but sort of like bleeding still breathing, out. but bleeding out. Uh, Jade's like, oh, fuck, calls the mom. The mom's like, what are you talking about? You know, Mia's with Riley right now. Jade's like, no, go back into the room. Mia's dangerous. Mom goes back into the room. He's gone, and so's Mia. Jade arrives at the hospital, looks around, and sees in the distance Mia pushing Riley in a wheelchair towards a highway. And Jade starts chasing her, screaming out, Mia, no, we're seeing that Mia, in Mia's mind, looks like she's pushing the old man spirit towards the side of the freeway. And we see Mia's mom's hands coming around her shoulders, but her mom is looking more watery waterlogged kind of dripping on her it doesn't look as much like her mom anymore and she's whispering in her ear i'm so proud of you you're doing the right thing and we see as jade is crossing the hill behind them she's like right behind them now screaming for them to stop and mia's face is kind of blank like she's thinking it's hard to read we see her hands let go of the wheelchair And then we see the POV from inside of a car as something slams onto the windshield, causing that car to spin out, get in an accident, reveal to see it's Mia in the middle of the road. Now, Mia kind of wakes up and stands up and sort of looks around and sees that Riley hasn't been pushed in and Jade is sort of like has is holding Riley and all these people like getting out of their cars to be like what the fuck happened and then immediately she's transported back into the hospital where she sees her dad in the distance walking away she chases after him and as she's chasing after him she looks into the rooms of the hospital and she sees first of all Riley has come to and is talking to his mom like and Jade. fully recovered too and then, like, and then she keeps chasing after the dad, and uh, and but the dad's not hearing uh, hearing her, and he keeps walking away. And then she sees in another room Riley being like let, let being like walking out of the hospital with the family, and they're all sort of happy again. 
And as she follows the dad, everything goes dark except this white light and she hears, talk to me. And she follows the white light into a room of this party of all these dudes speaking Spanish and a guy holding out his hand. And so she holds Mm. out her hand and grabs his. And that's the end of Talk To Me. (laughs) Yes. Um, Okay, I have some questions for you, Shag. Do you think she jumped or do you think Jade pushed her? Oh, ooh, ooh, that's really good. Because um, <laughs> it specifically doesn't show us, which I love. I think it's kind of, because it could, it, I could see an argument for, for either. So, mm-hmm. so the only reason she would have jumped is if she, she realized would have worked out. That she's being manipulated. Yeah, and, and I think maybe there's a moment where she realizes she, she's being manipulated, where she's standing with Riley in the wheelchair and the mum's being like, I'm proud of you. And she's a bit like, hang on, wait a minute. And is probably thinking back to the dad and being like, hang on, what's going on here? I, I'm I, like, I, my, my, like, my thought was, no, she just jumped. My thought was, and also that maybe she had to jump to save Riley. Yeah. I think was why I think she jumped. I don't know. Do you think she jumped I, or do you I think, think she Jade was pushed? I think Jade pushed her, but I I think it's maybe like a litmus test for us because I feel like mm-hmm. <laughs> that is maybe the more cynical read of it. And just because that would be a more devastating thing of that, because we do get a shot of her letting go of the wheelchair, which could be her deciding not to push her or... It could be her chickening out again like she did with the kangaroo and never being able mm. to like follow through with it. And in that moment, Jade pushing her, I think, is the more devastating option because either way, we saw her decide probably not to push Riley. And so if then Jade pushes her, it's just, I think, a more devastating. And, you know, I love feeling bad. So that's what I choose to believe. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing, right? Like, I, I feel like uh, the one thing about this movie is and I love this movie, and I think it's one of the most refreshing horror films I've seen in ages. I think it's one of my favorite films of the year. I feel like the ending isn't dark enough. I'm mm. a bit like, oh, she's in a limbo where she's going to do the talk to me. I like, And that's why I kind of feel like she jumped because it's just not a very dark – like the rest of the film is really quite icky, and then that's just not a very dark ending. Yeah. And then my other question for you is, mm. do you think the real mom was ever actually there or – do you think it was malevolent spirits the whole time? I think the real mom was never there because when she speaks to the mom the first time through Riley, she's like, like I think she is, is like, mom, did you kill yourself? And the mom's like, I would never kill myself. That's, and it's like, that's, we know, like, but that's not in the, at the Riley part. That's later when she's mm, alone in her room. So it could, right, at, the right. first thing she says is just, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I never meant to hurt you, which I think could go either way. So I think the moment where Mia touches their hands as they're all holding hands, I feel like that could be the moment where it opens the connection to the malevolent spirit within Mia. Because then Riley, once she touches him, Riley kind of throws his head back and starts choking or perhaps feeling like he's drowning. Uh, And I think that's maybe the moment where that spirit takes over. But that said, I think because it's clear that those two malevolent spirits are kind of in cahoots, this like man in Riley and woman in Mia. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to interpret it, I'm sure. But 
But mm. I think either way, they could have been conversing in the little limbo hell world <laughs> and I mean, exchanging I mean, information. Yeah, Em and Peach, what do you think? Like, you haven't seen the film, but you've heard a pretty exhaustive recap. <laughs> well, um, Mia, her first time doing it went beyond the 90 mm-hmm. seconds, yes. right? That's important. So, yeah. So perhaps that, and it was that that mean Laney, and so perhaps yeah, it it could have been actually her mom with Riley, but then as soon as yeah, like you said, Sammy, as soon as Mia got yeah. involved, actually from the first time Mia did it, she had a level that's a good point because also, and so maybe then she let that spirit into yeah, Riley. That's what I am thinking, but then also because Riley also went over the ninety seconds. Maybe that opened the door to this old man. Is this old man real or is this this old man just the woman in another form? Because we know that they can take other forms. I don't know. There's different. Yeah. It's, it's ambiguous for sure. And I like that it's ambiguous because mm. as we know, when they answer every question, it's usually less satisfying to have it be like, and here's exactly what happened. So I like that it's not. I feel like the the non-grim ending like suggests multiple possibilities for me. Like, like if it's like, oh, hey, we're in South America doing it mm-hmm. now. It's like, oh, there's thousands of hands around the world, thousands of teens at parties like this. This is happening everywhere. That actually suggests to me that, like, unhappy spirits have a, like, would be like, oh, sick, I've been called into a body. Oh, someone thinks I'm their mum. Yeah, 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 okay. I know what to say to, like, hold on for my 90 seconds. So so I sort of just speculate that it was a malevolent mm, spirit. But me as a spirit. But, and what, is, what does Joel say? Is Joel in the other room? <laughs> Uh, I'll ask. But because Um, because Mia is also a spirit, I feel like that's proof that there are non malevolent spirits in the hand as well. Because we see her on the other side of it at the end. Yes, I think that the very uh, for me again to lean into the more devastating version of what's possible here is I think if it was her mom for real coming through and seeing her and trying to get a chance to talk to her. And like, that is what made all of this terrible shit happen. Is that mm. like, because mm. the mom was trying like they to talk knew that to it Mia, would get her to do it longer. And that, yeah, that, uh, that, but like, I think the, it was like a similar mistake Mia made, like the mom being like, I just need to get this message to my daughter. And Mia being like, I just need to talk to my mom to put it very cruelly, the like selfishness mm. of that and like letting other people become the collateral. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oof. It was the like the problem to begin uh, and, with. And look, I also don't want to demystify a, like an amazing film, but Sammy, like a question for you. If someone like Mia can be a spirit by the end of the film, mm. why is it that when spirits do possess you, they make you try to kill yourself in awful ways. I don't. I don't think all of them did. I mean, they, there was a quite a few times where they were just having fun, singing in French. But that's only. But that's only within the ninety seconds. Yes. Yes. So as soon as you go over ninety seconds, the spirits try to kill you. Like I think we only maybe, really have. I think maybe that because that's yeah. We shouldn't. Yeah. Try to yeah. Yeah. You're right. Much, but maybe but. because that. <laughs> yeah. But maybe the ninety seconds is when the evil ones are like they're like waiting <laughs> yeah. around to cut or just like. It's not actually true that it's the 90 second rule. It's just that if the spirit is evil, the more time you give them, the more likely they're going to, you know what I mean? Like, it's like maybe if you spent 90 seconds with an actual normal, nice spirit, it's fine. We just know that like the longer time you spend, if it is something evil, you're upping the odds for something bad. It's like the food five second rule. Like if food falls Mm -hmm. on the ground, you've got five (laughs) seconds to pick it up. Yep. 
We decide what the rule is, but the problem is. <laughs> you know you what? Know, thinking about this now, I'm that. kind of like, I really want them to stick the landing with a prequel, but I'm worried that it's going to give too much away about what they The prequel to explanation is apparently yeah. about Duckett and. I think it might oh, cool. end up being, I think they said they shot it mostly on like iPhones and stuff. So maybe it'll just be a short or something. I don't know, but. Ooh. It, it could be almost host version of like, we'd be piecing together various mm-hmm. Snapchats yeah. and piecing together some yeah, of the yeah, team's yeah. footage, um, which I think would be pretty interesting. I think it's it's a challenging story to tell as a prequel or sequel because it pretty much like we just saw it. Right. Like, How do you like, make it different? I think it's tough to tough to riff on. Yeah. 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 Like par- Paranormal Activity 3 is the one that springs to mind of like how do you take what looks like a fairly straightforward formula and like take it to final boss level? Like I think there'd have to yeah. be a, a really significant bit of creative work to sort of be like, oh, yeah, it's a ghost hand. It's pretty freaky. Yeah. It, like you've got to dress like like it'll be challenging to to do that twice. Yeah, I think I don't know if I'm just yeah. being a cynic, having heard about a very scary, spooky, bad feeling kind of film. But no, I think you're right. Yeah. I think it'll need to do some Oof. something pretty interesting in order to feel different from this one. Well, I feel very bad. How's it yeah, bad baby. Ugh. Kind of bad, but um, but I do get excited at a great horror film being made. Like I like there, I'm. I would hate seeing it, and it 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 does mm. it feels bad. But I am like, I, I had a lot of uh, I had pretty high expectations for this movie, so I am really thrilled to hear that it was like good and exciting and new and like that's I like am very thrilled by that. Yeah, it's rare these days that hype is justified, mm-hmm. and it really is. And I, I I think one thing I would love to say because I really don't want to ruin your friend's kid's name. <laughs> Like, they are named after a city <laughs> that is home to arguably the most exciting horror film of 2023. There like, you there's go. There's not much. There we there, go. So, which is a pretty cool thing to be named after. Yep. That's I agree. pretty cool. Adelaide forever. Adelaide forever. Um, Sammy and Adelaide thanks forever. so much for having us on, on Two Spookers. Yeah, thank you watch. for it's having us. Thank you for doing this with <laughs> us. And we needed, we needed that Australian perspective. What slippery slipper, dip? Slippery, slippery dip? Slippery dip? Yeah, now you're getting this. <laughs> slippery Your dip. Burberry baby. Biggest Burberry. Burberry. Best, best Burberry. Biggest Burberry biggest baby Burberry shower. Baby shower. <laughs> All of Adelaide. <laughs> Can you guys do American accents? Um, God, no. Uh, yes, but I, yeah, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> it's, it comes out very like Midwest, but like it ends up being impressions of various rappers. So I yeah. find it a little embarrassing. Yeah, that's just that, yeah. that literally sounds the right. only yeah. thing we do is like, I'm talking here, I'm walking here. Nice, or nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're very cliche <laughs> sopranos, grab your yeah, crotch yeah, yeah. and explain what you're doing here and with a lot of hands going on. But I would say as yeah, well, yeah, yeah. like, and this is like no shade, like, your Australian accents are like yep. they're, they're both at point in some of the words you say is authentic, and the other sometimes Ramped up. you sort of do this American version of an Australian accent yep. that doesn't really exist uh-huh. here. Oh, yep. for sure. Like it's it's yeah. kind of we, I don't even know. Like to me, the Australian accent just sounds neutral, but yep. I get that it's incredibly weird and strong. I love accents. No, I could I could talk about it all day. Um, but no, this was a real a real treat. 
to do this with you guys. We love you dudes. Um, everyone head to Patreon to find Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you like listening to good podcasts you like, I'm afraid you need to support them. Uh, and so uh, <laughs> what you've got to do is you've got to head to Patreon. Too Scary Didn't Watch is a blessing uh, in the ears of those of us lucky enough to listen to and patronize it. Um, and if you're in the Feel Bad Club and you're not listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch, you're fucking goofed. Um, and so you've got to go and subscribe. Always a pleasure to be here, Tim. Yeah, if you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch and you're not listening to Spooko, you're freaking missing out on a whole other 200 episodes of incredible scary movie and better accents than ours. So Sorry. I, I really didn't mean... I it's didn't, just like, true. I, no, no, really no, 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 no. I feel that way. I feel that way. That is true. I, it's more, it's I much better. Hey, we're podcasting. Hey. 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 Uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe, and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up?